The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Uh, a very happy second hour to you. A very happy middle of the week for you. December 18th on a Wednesday evening, 5.01 your start time. Current temperature outside is a brisky 8 degrees. Low will be 4. Might be even negative degree, to be honest with you. In Frisco, Texas, it'll be a tad bit warmer, but there will be moisture. Lots of it, actually. There'll be some rain going in on Friday and some of Saturday as well. Friday night, Aggies, Kent State, Golden Flash go at it in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl which you'll be able to hear on this station, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, as well as on our sister station of 610 AM, KVNU, Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, Ryan Bohm, Eric Franson. Uh, don't forget, uh, as we've announced in our first hour, some really cool news so far, uh, we have a text in line where you can actually text into the show now. Instead of having, if you don't have a Twitter account and you can't join in or you don't want to call in and have your voice over the radio, you can actually text into our show at 435 339 0321. That's 435 339 0321. Texting with your questions, thoughts, concerns, clean jokes, please. Uh, and also, if you will, uh, so we can read the text over air, do uh, not use anything that is of profane language or derogatory in any way. Please do not do that. Uh, and uh, your name won't go over. Uh, we, only see the, you only, we only see the phone number, so you'll be anonymous and uh, you'll be clean. It'll be fun. Again, 435-339-0321. All you have to do is just text into the show, and we can get you there. Uh, sorry. All right. So, uh, in the first hour, we got to some uh, Utah State, Kent State, Golden Flash, uh, Frisco Bull preview. You'll get a lot more of that tomorrow. You'll get all a load of it on Friday evening, which pregame starts at 3.30. Games at 5.30 Mountain Time, post-game right after. You'll be able to join in with your thoughts, concerns, and questions. Uh, you know, looking at Kent State, they are a running team, but they also play a pace game. But when you look at Air Force, I, I, you know, I feel like Kent State, who does play like to play that pace and a little bit upbeat, is going to hold tight because they realize something. Can you stop? You Jordan Love in this offense. Kent State's rushing game, uh, defense is one of the worst in the country right now. Horrible. Uh, horrendous. Their passing defense isn't much better. So do they chew up some clock and limit Utah State's possessions and say, look, you'll get some possessions. We're not going to give you a lot. We're going to give you as few as possible and then make their offense have to sit on the sideline and wait it out. Now, New Mexico tried that, and it worked for actually a whole half, except they had two turnovers, which resulted in 14 points by the end of the first half. That pretty much was the separation for Utah State to be able to win that football game. Without seven of those points of the 14 they got, Utah State loses to New Mexico. Air Force, Boise State, BYU all had that blueprint, and all were really good at it, at using the clock. Can... Kent State do that exact same blueprint and get away with it with with uh, with based on the fact that they haven't had a lot of success defensively. 0275 says, hey, we need to fire Gary Anderson unless you like average football. Remember though, 0275, remember this. 
Gary Anderson's first year at Utah State did not go well. He was actually fixing up some issues, a lot of issues, in regards to recruiting, in regards of just the way uh, the the morale was in the locker room, the morale was on the field, the morale was in practice. Coach Anderson had to fix all that because Brent Guy left a mess. Now, Gary, or excuse me, Coach Matt Wells didn't leave a mess. But I feel like the cupboards were somewhat bare. You have to give him a year. You have to be patient with this. This is good. I mean, Gary came in and said, "Let's. It's going to take a little bit of time. You got to be a bit patient with us." And I agree. I know it's frustrating to get blown out by Air Force. It's frustrating to get obliterated by BYU, and it's frustrating to get demolished by Boise State. Especially in that Boise State game when it, I mean there was something on the line. So yeah, it was average football this season. I get it. You're frustrated, but. Give it a year. Give it a year or so. Thanks for texting in. Greatly appreciate it. You can also do so at 435-339-0321. Message and data rights apply as your service has uh, contracted you with however that is. Again, 435-339-0321. Text us in with your thoughts, concerns, questions. So, speaking of which, it is time on the In the Know Wednesday. We've already talked a little bit about Kent State. We're 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 going to get into that a lot more with them, uh, but uh, I want to really quickly put out one soundbite from Coach Anderson uh, talking about David Woodward. We talked a little bit about this, uh, about Utah State's defense, you know, no David Woodward now. How did it change after David Woodward went out? Oh, come on, where did it go? I had it. There it is. Here is Coach Anderson on what it meant to no longer have David Woodward on the field after he went out and the, the change that there was in it. Uh, it was dramatic. Um, he's a, a fantastic player. Um, you know, we've, we've been around some great linebackers in our careers and um, obviously some of them here with a bunch of those guys still playing in the NFL, um, you know, and they, they all had their spots, but I don't believe that – I think those guys were probably surrounded with two or three other players that were potential NFL guys, a lot of them, right? Maybe not Bobby, but, um, you know, Fackrell and Vidge and those guys, they, they had some really, really special people around them. Um, and now you look at where David is, and it's a young defense, right? It's it's up front, it was older, it was younger in the back end. and um, But the amount of tackles that he had in such a short period of time is amazing. You know, the play that he made against Colorado State – when he grabbed the ball out of the guy's hands, you know, and he did it against you know Wake Forest, right? And they called it dead. Was that Wake Forest that happened? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how guys make plays like that. I don't know why, you know. And that's when you know you got a special player when it's just like, there he goes again. Um, so his he was it was a dramatic, dramatic um, blow for us. I thought that you know Kevin, uh, Eric. Um, everybody that jumped into that spot and came in and battled like crazy to play, um, but you, you just you couldn't replace Woody on. Quite frankly, most teams in the country, I, I would bet. I mean, it's just just my bet. The teams I've been around, so um, we adjust his scheme some. Um, but when a kid plays as many games as he played and he's still first team all conference, I mean that's crazy, right? That's crazy. And trust me, those aren't sympathy votes coming from the coaches. I mean, they they those were votes because that dude changed the game and they knew who he was. Um, so. He's a special player. 
That's Coach Anderson on the loss of David Woodward and how it impacted the defense afterwards. Eric, we saw it all. When he went out, that defense was just trying to find themselves, find an identity. They thought they had it, and then they lost it, all because of David Woodward was gone. That guy made such a big difference. We've talked about this before in different variations. You, When questioning like an MVP or most valuable player, who's the most impactful player, for a team or a region or a conference, and you look at what what do they do when they're on the court or on the field? How important are they? But then you also consider what does that team look like if they're not in the mix? And to, to really get a real gauge of the impact that player has. And I think we really saw that with David Woodward. We knew he was a great player. We knew he was making a lot of tackles. He was involved in a lot of plays. But we could also see just how much the team needed him when he wasn't there and how different the defense was without him. So uh, I think it was great to see him be recognized to get on the first team, um, all Mountain West, even without really by only playing half the conference games. But he still got uh, on, the, on the first team. Coach Anderson says it's not a sympathy vote. I think there had something to do with it from a year ago where they felt like, yeah, we screwed up. We oh, didn't give okay. this guy the I kind of attention put he that deserved. This year. Yeah. No, but it, clearly what he was <laughs> doing to that point before his injury was phenomenal. You're right. You're 100% right. They, they messed up big time leaving him off last year. And I think they realized it and said, look, we got to get him on no matter what. And, I mean, it worked. But it just it blew my mind. Uh, that he got left off last year. But good for him to be on this year. He now declared for the NFL draft. Uh, and uh, we wish him nothing but the very best. Uh, really quickly, one more quote I want to get to, because we talked a little bit about it already, is uh, the recruiting and transfer portal and how it affects Coach Anderson and his staff, you know, just with the transfer portal being the way it is and how many kids jump in and you're also trying to recruit kids out of high school and whatnot. Really interesting answer from Coach Anderson here. I feel very good. You know, um, we're very selective like we talked about. And I say this to every recruit, to re- every kid that we recruit as we come through, um, uh, there's want and need, right? Sometimes you have a bigger class and you, you want to fill your class up and those numbers with those kids that you want in your program. They may be a a truly developmental kid or whatever it may be. And then there's times when you need kids for the, the seniors for next year's class need certain kids to be able to help us get in a position to be able to compete at a high level. Many of these kids that we're recruiting this year are needs. Um, and yes, it's going good. There's battles. Uh, we're in fights all over the place. And I think at this time of the year, it's important that every young man in your program understands where he sits. Um, what is his uh, projection as he moves through the future? Uh, where do we see him as coaches? Um, and we've done that. We've communicated with these kids. And then when we go out and recruit, the great thing is when our, our kids are so good at understanding where we are. Um, if you bring a transfer into this program, whether it's a junior college transfer or a, you know, a portal kid that walks into this um, program on a recruiting trip or they've joined our program, there's, there's welcome open arms for those kids to come into this program. And that's a true credit to um, the young men in our program. So I think recruiting is going well. Uh, there's a lot of fights out there. You know, it's, uh, 
it's a tick for tat back and forth and you know you get a kid you think you got him and then he's got these bunch of offers from other places and wherever you got to keep battling so it's the same story though at Utah State if you get a young man here on campus you got a great opportunity for uh, him and his families to uh, you know say this is a tremendous place when they walk out of here now do they all say yes no they don't all say yes but they walk out of here knowing that uh, you know this this is uh, a tremendous community it's a tremendous school um, we run this program like it's a power five program and we do not have that title but the way our kids are treated uh, they walk out of here with a power five feel so you know we have a young man here today that will be with us and taking off today um, he's going to a power five program uh, for a trip right from here but uh, he'll know that this has the same feel as the power five programs he's going to and i think that's a big part of where we're at and that's just not football wise that's from everybody, academics, training room, weight room, um, you know, how they're treated around on campus. So it's going well. Um, I'll stop rambling about recruiting. You asked me the question, so I start to ramble on it a little bit, but uh, those are those are factual. As far as you mentioned the transfer portal, and I'm curious how it has affected recruiting and what's different recruiting kids who are in the portal versus maybe high school kids? Uh, the portal kids, if, if you just say, you know, there's one-year kids, there's two-year, could be three-year kids, it kind of really depends on where they're at within their eligibility. Um, the key thing is is to identify and understand that, that kids aren't perfect, coaches aren't perfect, um, fits aren't perfect. So you can't just get a, uh, I guess, gain an opinion about a young man in the portal because he's leaving a program. you got to find out why. you got to find out the situations, the scenarios of exactly what took place to put him in a position to be able to get into the portal. Sometimes... Maybe he was over his head. Um, maybe he was in a position battle that he couldn't win. You know, he can go on and on with those scenarios. So that's number one is to figure out why. Number two is to really get educated on um, how does he fit our program. And, you know, like last year we looked and we saw Caleb, we saw C.O.C. Um, immediately at the very beginning. Uh, and that was a chance to have what we thought were game changers. Um, you know, we saw Nick in the same scenario. He walked in, we thought he was a game changer. And Riley, the same. You know, it's been awesome for those. Now, T came in late, right? As a cornerback, all of a sudden late, leaving um, the place he was at before. And But he was an, he was a spot where we could have filled another kid in. But we did a great job of researching those men, those young men, and I think our coaches do a good job with that. But, you know, the fit is the fit. Um, but you just... Like we do with high school kids, I don't think it's a dramatically different, but these kids have been in a four-year program. What went wrong, right? That's in, in high school or JC, a lot of times it's, well, this went right. This is why we want them now. Something went wrong to be in the portal, and I think educating yourself on what that was is, is key. That's Coach Gary Anderson talking about the recruiting and transfer report. I love the answer he gave. I, I thought it was really well done. Almost kind of like he's talking to the kids. Through that answer. Right. That, that's as much an answer and a statement to those that are considering their options as sure it was to answering that reporter's question. Yeah, absolutely. Could not agree more. Uh, you know, anything stand out to you about this recruiting? How serious? I mean, obviously in February, is it Feb January or February where it's the... Uh, Early February. Is it early February when yep. that main signing period happens? Mm -hmm. uh, how much stock do you take into like how many kids are coming to Utah State? How many kids choose another Mount West, another Mount West school over this school in the early signing period, or if any stock at all? Does it matter to you? Rephrase I guess is question. what I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> does it matter the early signing period at all? Oh, sure it does. Yeah, uh, I think it does. I, I think it. It allows a school to 
secure their biggest targets rather than having them in the wind and lots of other teams suddenly coming in saying, oh, well, this school's interested in you. Well, how come they're interested in you? Maybe we should be interested in you. And all of a sudden, they start flying and visiting your school and talking to your parents and then flying you out to visits. And, and so I think that the early signing period is important to secure those who you've been talking to already and to lock it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still time to still work through some things. If there are players that are uncertain because there's coaching changes that happen, uh, there's, you know, is this kid going to graduate? Is he going to is he going to transfer? Is he going to go to the pros early? What's my opportunity if I step on that campus this year? So there are reasons for kids to wait until February who are still a little uncertain. But I think it is good that the, the, the NCAA has approved this that allows schools to lock these kids down and say, you, know, you, you say you want to come here, let's just make it official now and not be subject to all kinds of weird shenanigans that happen in recruiting when you in those two months leading up to the official signing period in February. All right, we got to take a break. Coming back, we got to get into our in the know on South Florida. Why? Because they play in about I don't know twelve minutes, about thirty minutes. Oh, 30 minutes. Sorry. Uh, so we need to get to them and uh, get you a breakdown on who South Florida is, what they are made of, and if the Aggies can get through a tough, brutal trip starting in Houston, ending in Florida on Saturday night. Eric Franson on that side, AJ Salison here, and we have a special guest in the studio. Our intern number two. Let's see if he sucks. I, I don't have a lot of faith in him. <laughs> hey, I, I wonder if mom and dad... Hey, is, is mom and dad listening tonight? Probably not. That would make a lot of sense. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. AJ Salveson here at 521 Your Time. It's a Wednesday, December 18th. We're two days away from the Frisco Bowl. Utah State, Kent State, Golden Flash taking on each other at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Again, you get your pregame 3.30 p.m. here on uh, this very station, 106.9 FM. And also on our sister station, 610 AM KVNU, Al Lewis, Ryan Bone, Craig Kislip, Eric Franson. And then you'll hear the game in its entirety on this on those same two stations. And then after the game, there's a post game where you can call in and share your thoughts on uh, what we hope to be an Aggie's eighth and bowl win of the 2019 football season. I, I And I've said it before. It blows my mind that we're already at the end of football season. Like, I mean, it's it's a hop, skip, and a jump, really. Because, like, I mean, you get ready for Wake Forest, and you're pumped up about football being back, and then all of a sudden it's gone. And now we're getting ready for basketball season, which is where we now find ourselves talking about here on the Full Court Press Utah State, South Florida, Toyota Center in Houston, Texas tonight. 5.45 is game time. Uh, Utah State uh, trying to get back on track after an ugly loss versus BYU. I call it ugly because they had a lot of chances to, I mean, just gimmies, right? Underneath the hoop, putbacks wouldn't go in. Sam Merrill straightaway three, hits the back of the rim. It's long. Diogo's corner three when he's wide open, doesn't go in. But then TJ Haas takes a 30-footer and hits it. Uh, corner three for them was there all night. They they couldn't miss. So for Utah State, a chance to be able to bounce back. And this is a dangerous kind of a stretch here with BYU 
now South Florida in Houston, Texas, and then across the country to place the Gators near the swamp in Miami on Saturday afternoon at 12.30. This is a really dangerous territory for Utah State. They need one of these two. Which one do they get? I think South Florida. Uh, I, I, I think it's South Florida just based on the fact that, you know, they're fresh as of right now. They, they had a chance to recover a little bit their bodies. By the way, South Florida's 5-4 on this season. Going to make sure I'm right when I say that. Yep. Nope. 6-4 and four now. 6-4 and four on the season. Uh, with wins, let's see. They uh, they beat AR Pine Bluff seventy to forty one. They lost to Boston College by fourteen. Uh, lost to IUPUI seventy fifty three. Beat Wolford sixty nine fifty five. Beat Loyola Marymount sixty six fifty five. Lost to New Mexico State, who's proving out to be a really really good basketball team. Uh, in the WAC sixty five forty five is your final there. They lost to Nebraska by seven seventy four sixty seven. Beat Furman, 65-55. Dartmouth, 63-44. Drexel, 81-61. Six and four. South Florida Bulls. Utah State, 10-2 and two in the season. Eric, how worried are you about this game tonight? Uh, what worries me is just the health of the Yankees. You know, Sam Merrill didn't look quite like he was 100%. He's not 100%. I mean, I don't even know if he was 75%. Yeah. Uh, is Namish Keta? What's his physical ability? You know, where is he at? Because there's a lot of travel that's been involved here. Um, this South Florida team's had some games where okay, they look pretty good, but they're against some pretty marginal teams. Uh, but then they've had some games against some pretty tough competition. So honestly, I'm not quite sure what to make of them. Uh, they're not that far. Well. They're what the net rankings has them at number. What did I say earlier? One seventy-two. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um, and so they're yeah one seventy-four. Sorry, one seventy-four. Um, they're five and two at home. They're one and two in neutral sites. This is going to be another neutral site game. I think the advantage for Utah State is look they they just got done playing a game in an NBA arena. They're going to another NBA arena. It, they're going to be very familiar with what that's like. They've been to Houston before. Granted, it was at the University of Houston last year. But I, I'm not overly worried about Utah State. I, I think Utah State should win this one. In fact, I'd put it by 10 points. I don't think South Florida really scores a lot. They, don't, they average like 69 points a game-ish. 63. 63, not even giving them that much credit. Utah State's a lot higher than that. They're in the 80s or upper 70s. So I think Utah State, much better offensively. Uh, I think that they can, the way they dialed things up defensively against BYU, I think that carries over. Um, and I, they're not going to have too many games where they go back to back missing point blank shots like they did against BYU. So I'm not overly concerned for the Aggies tonight. South Florida is led by David Collins, who averages 15.5 points per game, three rebounds per game, two assists, two steals, but he also gives up three turnovers. He shoots 48% from the field. Uh, as a team, they are 59% from the free throw line. Not really that great. Uh, and then the, in rebounds, it's Michael Durr at 6.5, LaQuincy uh, Rideau, Rideau 
at three, just under four assists per game. Uh, and then again, LaQuincy at two point eight steals per game. Michael Durr just under a block uh, per game for South Florida. Okay, so what are the keys for you for Utah State to get out of here with a win and a convincing win af- at that? Well, U- Utah State has a sizable advantage in how they gather up the boards. Uh, they average about uh, what was it, fifteen to. 20 more boards a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty substantial, the difference between what how South Florida rebounds and how Utah State rebounds. Um, and Utah State had a rebounding advantage against BYU, and I thought that helped, but didn't help enough. But I think it'll be even more sizable advantage tonight for USU. So taking away second-chance opportunities from the Bulls, giving themselves more second-chance opportunities, uh, and to get out on the break. So I, I think for me is... Take advantage of your advantages. Uh, they have a size advantage. They have a bench. I'm surprised they didn't go very deep into their bench on Saturday. Uh, I'd be curious to see if that bench is a little bit deeper. Yeah, Bearstow didn't even play. No. So uh, they their guys are there, but um, and Coach Smith is going to need these guys. Somebody's going to get hurt and have to miss a couple of games. You're going to need to have guys that have experience coming off the bench playing in important minutes in games that they're not comfortable with being away from home. Yeah, Bean's got to get some rest. They need to get him some rest some way, somehow. Like he is Sam, too. Logging in. Yeah, and Sam's not, like we said, he. I, don't, and I think you're right. I don't even think he's 75% healthy. That might even be pushing it at this time. I mean, you see him getting up, and you just see him kind of lumber his way around the court, not, that he, not being lazy, just barely being able to move. I mean, how much can a beating can that guy take before we even get into conference. Eric, we're not even fully in a conference play yet, buddy. No. That's the scary part for no, me. The biggest game looming is not the game in South Florida against the Gators. The biggest game looming is against San Diego State. Who The new net rankings are out today. They update it every couple of days. San Diego State is now the number one team in net rankings. Oh. Utah State actually dropped a little bit in the rankings. of New Mexico leapfrogged the Aggies. So, um, Mitch, it's, I mean, every day, every well, every couple of days it gets updated. But Utah State went from 47 down to 51. New Mexico went from 55 up to 49. So they're still close, but both teams have two losses. Again, Utah State tonight at 545 versus South Florida at the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. They then get ready to take on the Gators near the Swamp in Miami on Saturday. That's at 1230 Mountain Time. Uh, again, you'll get your – I mean, Al and Cray – I mean, Al and you are going to be just busy. Like, I mean, just tell your wife, hey, look, I'll be back when I can. But, I mean, you guys are just swamped with this stuff. Uh, so, really quickly, because I'm not going to be here tomorrow, give me your thoughts on what – I mean, how exhausting is this trip going to be from Houston to Florida? But not only that – the health of this team, the stamina of this team going from Houston to Florida across the country and taking on an SEC Gators team. Uh, the only thing here is that Utah State's already made a cross trip that direction, and it won't be going as far as they did to Jamaica. So for them, it won't feel like it's as bad because they've already made a trip to the East Coast mm-hmm. and beyond. So it, it, for them, it won't seem like it's quite as long. It's still travel. I mean, it still affects the body. I don't care how fine-tuned of an athlete you are. It still affects the body. But I think that Utah State, they'll they'll get on a plane, hopefully tonight, if they can, to get to, um, to, get to, to Miami early tomorrow. 
Um, and, but they'll have a couple of days to re- recuperate and to prepare for Florida. Um, but this is this is life in the Mountain West, and there's travel every week, and uh, that's just the season that, it, that they're in. So after that, they come home. They have a little bit of a break here. Again, lower competition coming in to, to fine-tune some things. And then UNLV, which is doesn't have a great record. They've been in a lot of close games and, and lost them. They've been competitive, but they're not uh, near the top of the Mountain West. So those couple of games Utah State should be able to take care of business. But these two this week, really important for the net rankings. I, uh, I'm amazed right now. I think to some some aspect of how much this team probably misses Cuba. I didn't think it'd be that much, but Eric, he really does bring a presence in there when they need some legs. It's incredible. I didn't think they'd miss him that much, and they do. Well, you can't coach height when you got seven foot two frame, or wingspan that's even longer than that. That affects things, and uh, he's he's not a plodding big man. I mean, he's he can get up and down the court, so. Yeah, having him not in the mix is a factor for Utah State. Him healthy, Namish Keta healthy, Sam Merrill fully healthy. This is a really dangerous team. I wouldn't be hitting the panic button yet for Utah State fans. Um, they're they're still going to be a good team and still get some good things done this year. All right, uh, pregame going on right now. By the way, on our sister station, is that right? Correct. Yep, Al uh, Lewis Al over Lewis there, is hanging Jalen out over Moore there. doing their thing. Is Jalen Moore in the house? No. I thought he was. I was going to say hi to him. I don't think he's a big fan of me. He won't follow me on Twitter. After all I've done for him. What have you done for him? Oh, I've blessed his life. Okay? As they like to say, I blessed his life. In a lot of ways. That I, I mean, it's just Did you help carry his bags one day? Well, it's just too many ways. It's too many things to list right now. But Jalen Moore, if you're listening, I'd appreciate it if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> okay? Quit being so egotistical and follow me on Twitter. It's okay. I, I promote his stuff. I promote his tweets. I promote him. Now help me out. <laughs> uh, all right, like gonna... you deserve it for some reason. <laughs> Is he following you on Twitter? I have no idea who he follows or who he doesn't follow. You should look it up. We look it up and tell me after break if you're following. <laughs> okay. I'm really curious. Let's have a scorecard. Who's following whom <laughs> on Twitter? It matters, Eric. It matters. It's a scorecard, okay? It matters. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, uh, we'll have our pick six. We're also going to talk Utah Jazz. They get a win over the Orlando Magic. At what cost? That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Eric Francis and LJ Salves, so 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. France and Andre Salveson, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the fan, December 18th, 5:37. Grateful to have you along, however, wherever you are joining us. Uh, again, just another kind reminder: you can now text into our show. You don't, you don't have to tweet in or call in, whatever. You can text into our show and do so with amnity and anonymity. It's anonymity, right? You can do so with anonymity. Which means no one will know. Who I just your want name to see is. how many different iterations you come up with when you keep trying to pronounce it right. In India, it's anomity. So in anomity, uh, you will be. We will not know your name. We'll just know your phone number. That's all. And we don't know who you are, though. 
So the line to text into 435-339-0321. Text in. Because and this is a great time to text in at four three five three three nine zero three two one because it is time for the moment you've been all waiting for. It is time for our pick six, where you, the fans, get to join in. Give us your over unders on each line that we have. Uh, we'll explain what these lines or why we have these lines the way we have them, why we choose the way we choose. I gotta find. Oh, there it is. Bingo. My this favorite is really part. compelling radio right now. Just shut up, Eric. <laughs> oh, I got, dude. I'm so sick of ads. Like ads are everywhere. Everywhere you try to get to, there's an ad. Forty five second ad of a mom and a dad looking at a computer of their child or something. Like, I mean, come on. Your child's right there. Does it make you feel uncomfortable to see a parent with their child? Okay. Yes, it does actually. No, wait, it doesn't. Okay, that was bad. <laughs> okay. All right, joining us now is our intern. <laughs> it's real weird in here. It's okay, not yeah, Gabby the time. Game Time. It is Adam. Adam, say hello to the world. Hey, what's up, guys? So we're just going to jump right into our pick six. And so feel free to play along at home. The text line is... Hey, shut the fetch up. What are you talking <laughs> about? Doing? What are you talking what are you about? Doing? He's getting right into it. Yeah. What do you want me to talk about? Just like our, you told him to. Okay, <laughs> anyway, so his mic's off. You know... Back in Salt Lake, I would have got fired if I would have done that. That's intern abuse. <laughs> no, it would have been intern abuse if I, if I would have really set him off to get me a hot chocolate. Four three five three three nine zero three two one is a way to text into the show. Adam is an intern. Adam, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, buddy. Well, where are you from? So I go to Skyview High School. I live in Smithfield. And, you know, I just love sports. You know, I love talking sports. My favorite sport is probably basketball. I love the Utah Jazz. Go Jazz. Tough win. Tough win yesterday. Shouldn't have been, but it was. And, you know, just like being outside, hanging out with friends, you know, just a normal teenager life. You sound really thrilled about your job. I really am. I really am. I'm excited to be here. It's not so much a job. It's not a job to talk sports. It's, Sometimes well, it's a job it to be in the same room with Ajay. And it's good that some of us get paid to to do that, but... For most cases, you're right. We get to talk sports. Yeah. So. Y- yeah. I mean, it- it's fun, but I just feel like uh, you know, uh, there's gambling and alcohol, and it's in our dangerous warehouse. He's speechless. It's a school night, and you know Hooters is catering. You know, is what? Not, is that- this is what he sounds what? like. He sounds like Toby from The Office. He just sounds dead. All right, we're running out of time. Let's get to our pick six. All right. Adam go. was all ready to go, and you cut him off. Well, no, he cut me off. It's not his job to just jump into pick six without my permission. Adam, take it over. All righty, so let's just um, jump right into the football game that's coming up, USU versus Kent State. So let's do, will there be a special teams touchdown by Utah State, yes or no? Ooh, so clarification on that. Will there be a special teams touchdown, period? Could be from either team. Kent State. Good crap, Adam. Sorry. No, that's okay. I... He had no, to try to decipher my him. handwriting. He's the intern. Kent State has had a lot of crazy things that they've done positively in special teams. Utah State has as well. So will there be a special teams touchdown in this game, regardless of who scores it? No. I'm going to say 
Yes. Good for you. Alrighty. Okay. Next question. Will Tipei Naliai, will he have one and a half sacks in the game? I love how you're like mouthing as he's saying it. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> no, 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 not you. No, like, so like, 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 Adam, you're saying it and, and Eric's like repeating you word for word. Uh, like lip syncing it. <laughs> I was okay. making sure he what was the, what was sure he could read my handwriting. What was it's the, not very good. What was the line again? I'm sorry. What was the uh, uh, pick six line? So will Tipanali have <laughs> one and a half sacks? My mouth did not move. May have curled up in a smile when you were like giving me that weird look. Yes. No, it, over or under? Oh, sorry. Uh, one and a half? No, under. All right. Um, I'm gonna go over. This is basically a home game for him, and he's going to ball out. I think he's going to have a big game. I think they double-team him a lot. I mean, they send whatever they can at that guy to protect it. Uh, the quarterback's backside. I think he gets one sack, absolutely, not one and a half. Adam? Hey. Uh, COC Mariner yards, and the line is set at 82 and a half. Over. Oh, yeah. Over. He's going to have a heyday. I'm going to say, ooh, it's really close. I'm going to actually go under. I think he spreads the ball around. I think Siosi gets like 80 yards. But I think there's a lot of other guys who get to touch the ball. So I'm going to take the under on that. Wow. All right. Uh, Next question. USU defense forces one and a half turnovers. Over under. Ooh, USU defense forces one and a half turnovers. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over as well. I think I think the defense steps up big time in this game. Okay. Between fumbles, interceptions, yeah, I, I think Utah State is playing better in 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 uh, doing a better job with takeaways lately. So yeah, I'm going to take the over. Okay, moving over to basketball. Uh, will Sam Merrill have 17 and a half points versus Florida? Over or under? Ooh. Sam Merrill, 17 and a half points against Florida. Boy, that's a really good line, AJ. I'm going to take the over. Really? Yes. I'm going to take the under. I think Florida's going to do whatever they can to stop that guy and make everybody else beat him. Okay. Next question. Justin Bean, six and a half rebounds versus Florida over under. Six and a half? Six and a half. Over. Yeah, over. Did I really put six and a half That's there? Yeah, that'd be a bad game for him if he only got That's what it looks like on your handwriting, AJ. Give me that paper. <laughs> no! Take your paper. He already said it. It's out there. I already wrote it down, so it's official. No, now. dude, it's ten and a half rebounds. That looked like a six. <laughs> Welcome to where kids who want to go to BYU can't read. Oh, what are you talking about? Okay, and then the tiebreaker for if it's needed. Wait, wait, wait! Ten and a half. We gotta do our over under. What are you talking about? No, it's six and a half. No, it's ten no, and a half. It's established. It's, no, it's been established. Dude, this intern. I want hey, Gabby back. We took it out. Where's of our Gabby? Hands and put Gabby, it if you're listening, please come to the studio. Eight ten West Turner North. Please, right now, come. Yeah, Gabby's probably better than me, but oh well. No, no whatever. Uh, oh, you just can't read. Uh, yeah, ten, ten and a half over under, Eric. We're taking it to ten and a half. Yeah, yes, that's what it says. Let's go ten and a half. All right, we'll go Freaking to ten and a half. Moderator, jeez. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to say I'm still going to go with the over. Guy's a rebounding machine. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over too. I think he's actually going to get his. So the answers did not change at all for those who are listening at home. No. <laughs> all right, good stuff, Adam. Uh, one more, right? Okay, this is the tiebreaker for again if it's needed. And the total points for USU versus Kent State, and I set the line at 42 points. Good work. I'm total say points over. scored by Utah State? By both teams combined. Ooh, combined. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. Oh, heck yeah. I'm. <laughs> my score prediction, and I'll go into more of this tomorrow, but I'm thinking this is going to be closer to 60. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. I'm at 41-24 Utah State. What did you say? 41-24, Utah State. Okay, interesting. It's my score prediction. All right. So, Adam, why don't you run through those again one more time, top to bottom. Okay, so special teams touchdown by either team, and Eric said yes, Ajay said no. The next question was Tippa and Alie sacks, and the line was set at one and a half. Eric said over, Ajay said under. The next question was Yoshi Mariner yards, and the line was set at 82 and a half. Um, Eric said under, Ajay said over. Uh, then next question was, USU defense forces one and a half turnovers. Um, both of you guys took the over. Then switching over to basketball, we got Sam Merrill points. The line was set at 17 and a half against Florida. Eric took the over, Ajay took the under. And then Justin Bean, six and a half rebounds versus Florida. Both of you guys took... Not six and a half, sorry. <laughs> ten, and, ten and a half. Doesn't matter either way because both of you took Still the going over. over. Still going over. And the tiebreaker, total points for the USU-Kent uh, State game. I set the line at 42 points combined, and both of you took the over. All right. So on Monday, when we're back on the air, we'll update you what happened over the weekend. Uh, we'll have the numbers, say who got it right, who got it wrong. Still waiting on my gift from this last week. Uh, and because uh, while well, I'm but going, whoever look, loses, I'm going to the Texas Bull game. Uh, maybe I'm bringing you something back. Maybe I knew the whole entire time. Maybe it's a trick, trick, trick. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. So whoever loses brings something in for uh, the other guy. And plus, you owe me a Christmas present, anyways. It worked out just great. We're not getting the intern a Christmas present, are we? We got to give him something. Why? We do. We give him airtime. It's a pretty kind <laughs> gift. That's a that's a big gift. That's an expensive gift. Uh, we'll for our also, ratings. We'll we'll type this up. We'll share it up on uh, social media, so you guys can play along as well. Uh, we'll share it on Twitter, on my face or my Twitter account. I'm at E Franson, Ajay. You'll retweet uh, at Ajay Salvi. Yep. At Ajay Salvi, and we'll put it on the uh, 106.9 The Fan Facebook page, so you can see it there and. Uh, Vote to your little heart's content. Adam, great job, man. Thanks for uh, joining us on the show. We look forward to having you a lot more often. Really, yeah. the MVP of all this is is Adam for trying to decipher our poor handwriting. Yeah, it's actually true. <laughs> that is not a when joke. When I handed him mine, he's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that says T-Finale. <laughs> oh, and what about this one? Oh, that says C.O.C. Mariners. What about this one? That says the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's Eric France and Audrey Salison. It's our intern, Adam, joining us here on the show. Hey, by the way, Adam, what's your last name? Lurcher. Lurcher. Adam Lurcher. All right. Because I just don't want to be like, hey, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Well, 
We didn't ask Gabby's last name. Well, because Gabby was terrified to even talk on the radio. We didn't no, want to. No, she just wasn't. Terrify. She was, and she did a great job too. She was yeah, she really did. good. So excited to have those two join us here on the show. Let's uh, take a break, come back, and we'll clean it up for the rest of the night. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I'm only interested if I can have you for Eric France and Andre Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Adam Lurcher also joining us as our intern. Grateful to have Adam along. He did a, a really, really good job. There's only one problem with Adam I have, I, and it's a big one too. What is it? The so there I am focusing on my work. Or the and I'm just, I'm just trying to do my job. And then he walks in in this really loud voice. like real, I mean, okay, like look, when sports guy comes in, he says it softly. Hey. What's hey, up? sports guy. Yeah, he's just really. I mean, Adam Lurcher comes in. Hey, how about like Joey Childs and the Cougars, man? <laughs> and Gabby, poor Gabby, is like, oh my gosh, and startled. Yeah, I think you're confusing Adam with Todd. No, okay, Todd's arrogant and annoying. Adam <laughs> is just a rookie. Adam's a BYU guy. Through and through, blue and blue. Is that right, Adam? That is that is that is the truth. That is fact checked, and it is true. You fact? You <laughs> fact wait, did you? What did you say? Checked? Checked? I swear he said facted. Check. Facted. Check it. Adam, thanks for joining us, man. Good stuff. Uh, Eric, hey, Utah, Ajay, Utah Jazz, Utah Jazz, Orlando Magic. That was really fun. Not. <sighs> so here's Why a stretch of games where they're supposed to be blowing teams away. Beating teams that are inferior, uh, they had all this extra time to work on a few things and find themselves. And for a while there, look, hey, this is really exciting basketball. Ball slinging around, everybody's involved, exciting plays. Boyan is hitting his threes. He's out of a shooting slump, and then all of a sudden they just go cold, and it gets <laughs> boring. And yeah. they just then Mike Connor has hamstring issues, and he's out again. Now he's out for multiple games, even maybe a couple weeks. Right. So my problem is, like, here's my question. Utah Jazz, their Salt Lake City Stars G League team, right, the Stars, are on an 11-game winning streak. And I'm not even joking you when I ask you this question. Do you take the five starters of the G League team, bring them up to be the five bench players coming up for the Jazz, take the five bench players, and ship them to the G League until they can figure the crap out? (laughs) I'm serious, man. Uh... I'm at that point because this is happening way too much, way too often. Yeah, no, I don't think you do. I think what you what I do like is the change that happened at the starting lineup, putting Joe Ingles back in the starting lineup and bringing Royce off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it helps with the ball movement. It helps with the flow. I think Royce brings energy off the bench, um, and you can still keep some of the other guys that are there, uh, you know, to take him out of the mix. I I just I like that a little bit better. I don't think that it's not a knock against Joe. I just don't know that he's really been the guy to. Uh, it's just he, he works better when he's a starter. He just seems like he's in better flow and better connected to what's going on in the game. And so I, I, I think I'd like to see that continuing. I I'm worried about Mike Conley. 
was this too much of a price to ask for to have to deal with this? An inconsistent Mike Conley. Now he's he's off injured. Um, hamstring issues again came up last night. I miss. I got, I'm being honest. I miss Rubio a lot. Uh, yes, but Rubio didn't demand defensive attention. Mike Connolly did, even though he was in a slump and wasn't a dynamic scorer. Opposing defenses had to pay attention to him. Dude, he was allowed to go into the lane. And he was at better will and shoot floaters. He was a better defender than Ricky Rubio was as well. Now that I agree with, absolutely. So, really, it's. But well, he's Rubio also he's also thirty like, something. No, sorry, sixty something million more expensive uh, than Ricky Rubio. He is Rubio. a lot more expensive than Ricky. Yes, but and Ricky has kind of come alive in in uh, Phoenix. But yeah, he has. Connolly was was the right decision. By the way, Namish Keta starting for the Utah State Aggies tonight. Well, thank he's in goodness. the starting lineup. Uh, Abel Porter, Sam Merrill, Brock Miller, and Justin Bean. So then, coming off the bench. Would so be Alfonso Anderson, Anderson off the bench. Coming in for Keta or Bean? Either. Because, by the way, now you got Breen, you got Bean, Brito, and Dorius all coming off the bench. And with, without Kuba for another two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. Which is pretty nice. That's okay. All right. You got Bear still that you could throw in there. Yeah, and Bear well. still another guy that comes off the bench. That's mm-hmm. right. Utah State, South Florida, that takes place, well, right now, actually. Just getting, getting started on ESPN3. And then uh, don't forget your post game right after on 6 10 a.m. KVNU. Eric will be here tomorrow. I'll be in Texas. They'll show on Friday as you'll hear the Frisco Bull game pregame and postgame on 6 10 a.m. KVNU. For uh, Eric Franson, for Adam Lurch, I'm RJ Salison. Good night, everybody.